It is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. This is another spirited edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Bloop. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, along for the ride as well. You doing all right? Did you hang out with Matthew Stafford last night? We did. We had a nice little dinner. Um, and yeah, had good times. We actually were watching this uh, the Jets game that we... We're talking about pre-show. We had it on our phones, kind of watched it, and saw the the Aaron Rodgers injuries, and it was it's. it's Did he know immediately? By the way, he yeah he diagnosed it pretty quickly. You know he saw the the toe down and then the heel kind of go, and the calf was still flexed, and so he kind of knew. But uh, it was a great dinner. Besides that, well, did he say he wasn't getting calls from? Two one two area code during the game, like from the Jets, seeing if he <laughs> getting traded. I think right? they had their chance. I think they had their chance. <laughs> it didn't happen. All right, uh, tip of the cap. We're going to go to the Rangers' number one overall prospect, Evan Carter, who had a huge night north of the border. His first show homer, and it was a no doubter. The, the fun thing about it was that it got thrown back, and actually the Blue Jays were nice enough to collect the ball, and they were like, "Yeah, we know, we know." And they threw it in the dugout, which I thought was kind of cool. I, I love it. And, you know, it makes that ball even more valuable is that Schneider touched it. He's the yeah. best player in the world right now. <laughs> like so, ever. Hey, remember that. <laughs> like that ever. was awesome, and though. By- First homer. And then Toronto's a great place to do it in because they typically do throw visiting homers back. So it's perfect. Okay, cool. And he also had a – speaking of throws, Carter had a great throw. Yeah. Get, your, your lookalike, Kevin Kiermeyer at the dish. We need to talk about Kevin Kiermaier on the show one of these days. He's still putting up great defensive numbers. Yeah. No, he's he's been a nice pickup for them. Uh, speaking of show homers, do I hear 50? 50 mm. for Matt Olson. I think I do. This one to left field. Schwarber going back. There's number 50. A two-homer night. And now he's one away from Andrew Jones for tying the Braves' single-season home run record. How surprised are you that he has been this good in his two seasons in Atlanta? I mean, I want to say I'm surprised because, you know, what he's doing is incredible. He just got – he's one dot in it now on the season. We're talking about 50. Mm. Like, we need to, like – I hope we don't have – we need to realize how many home runs 50 is. It's ridiculous. Like, you yep. need to realize it. it's crazy. And you know what? Like, a guy like this, like, 60 is not out of the realm. I know we only have three weeks left. But, like, he can get absolutely scorching hot. I would love to see him get to, like, 55, like, really quickly and have, like, two weeks to hit the other five. I think that would be incredible. Um, I'm not that surprised because I know what kind of person he is. And I I know the drive that he has. And I know that he's comfortable there now. And a lot of things, I mean, he's just completely, his numbers have all gone up um, as opposed to last year. I'm looking at run value uh, by pitch type on his baseball savant page. By by the way, a beautiful baseball savant page. Um, he's already surpassed uh, his run value on four seamers. He's got 16 run value on four seamers as opposed to 13 last year. Remember, this is a counting stat, so it continues to go up. There's not a pitch he's seen 11, 12 types of pitches this year from a four-seamer all the way down to a screwball, right? They have them all listed. The only pitch that he has a negative run value on, and he's seen nine of them, is a slurve, 
whatever that means. <laughs> Four-seamer, 16-run value. Slider, 12-run value. Sinker, nine. Change-up, nine. Cutter, three. Go on down the list. So he's really, he's become a complete hitter. And if you go back to last year, four-seamer, 13-run value. Slider was at zero. Sinker at minus two. So basically what this is saying is he don't care what you throw. Mm. He's not just hunting heaters. He's getting any pitch in the middle part of the plate and depositing it over the fence. It's a great feeling as a hitter when you can get to the point where you're not chasing hunting pitches, Mm -hmm. where you can just sit back and say, man, I'm just going to see it out of your hand. And he has that quiet ability to do that, where it really looks like he's seeing the ball sooner than everybody else. You can get to a point where you can really pick it up out of a pitcher's hand, and then everything else is just money. Now it's about timing. His timing has been great all year long. And so, I mean, I I guess, yeah, I am a little bit surprised he's been this good, Chris. Like, this is, this is superstar, you know, only two or three people in the game each year one dotted. So I'm a little surprised he's been this good. But again, knowing him, like he's had this in him. And, and I don't think this is like a fluke season. I think this could be something he does a couple more times throughout his career where he just gets hot like this all season long. So I don't know, man. Like it's, I'm, I'm happy we're shining a light on him. I know we talk about him a lot, but he really deserves more and more because what he's doing is, is nuts. Well, truth be told, I'm wearing a Cubs hat today, and that's only because I cannot find my Braves hat. I can't, it's the only one I cannot find, and I've wanted to wear it during all the Acuna discussions. I have looked high and low, so Braves fans, I apologize. Just know that I would be wearing a Braves hat in in his honor today, and I would have done it several times with Acuna, but I'm I'm lost. Um, I start to wonder if he's a 500 homer guy. I've started to think a little bit about it. He's at 226, and he doesn't turn 30 until the beginning of next season. And you're right. That dude gets Homer hot. And he had three seasons out in Oakland, cavernous Oakland, where he had at least 34 homers. You know, he hit 39 one year. But it's just, you know, and I made this comparison recently on the show is that the Braves have had an embarrassment of riches at first base, and they're going to have it for two straight decades now. You're going to have 10-plus years of Freddie Freeman and 10 years of Matt Olson. It's going to be like the Packers going from Favre to Rodgers at quarterback. It's different position, but you understand what I'm getting at. Like, you're going to have elite stuff. And I think that Matt Olson, even in particularly in the last month, I don't know if you noticed, but when he was hitting all those homers, his average was hovering right around 240-ish something like that, and I know we're not big into batting average, but I think there's something to be said about it, particularly for a power hitter. Like, I hated it when Adam Dunwood hit 44 homers and his batting average would be 198. That would bother you, me. You and A-Rod have the same take. You just put out a video about – did you see this video that A-Rod put out? No, I didn't. But all I'm saying is, is that that sort of stuff bothered <laughs> me. Like, I understand that batting average is not the end-all, be-all, and I accept that. But I do I do pay attention when a guy improves his batting average by 30 points when he's a slugger. All right, I'll, I'll cherry pick his stats for you. <clears throat> On uh let's see, June 14th, the beginning of the first game of a doubleheader, he was hitting 227. That was his low. Yeah. So since June 14th, he has hit 325, 
Okay. With a 421 and a 727 for the 1.1er. Yeah. So. I understand where we've moved as a sport and I fully embrace it, but I do think there's something to that. Don't you as a hitter? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I think for your psyche batting average matters a little bit. I don't think mm. like overall numbers, it means anything, but for your psyche, like if you're hitting point. 200 and you're walking, it's not. So you're, and then you're on bases three thirty or whatever. It doesn't feel as good as if you're hitting, 250 and you're on base percentage is the same. Like even though you're getting on base the same clip, mm-hmm. it just feels better when you go up to hit knowing that like, Hey man, I could still place this ball somewhere and I'm going to find grass. Like it, it's just something mentally it does for you. Yeah. I think it's really, uh, I think he's had a phenomenal last few seasons and does it shock me? We're at 50. I suppose not. Here's what might shock me. If he does get, let's say he ends up hitting 58. He's still locked into that four slot in the MVP voting, isn't he? Cute. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely not getting one or two. No, no, he won't. So it'd be between him and Freddie. That's interesting. Yeah, but Freddie's Freddie could hit sixty-five doubles or seventy doubles. I mean, I think I would rather have 50 homers and 65 doubles. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, I think because so, that's too. basically like a hundred doubles is fifty. Homers. Interesting. Right? That's how you you run it up. Another guy who went over the fence last night uh, in Seattle. Number 44 became the 44th member of the 3030 club at the ripe old age of 22. The 1-1. Out to center. This is cranked. It's way back. And it's gone! Two things before we get to the question. Number one, that was an unbelievable call. A great call. I loved every bit of it. Dude, you tell me. That ball looked like it was like eight inches off the ground. He's got great bat-to-ball skills. That pitch is down and uses some leverage there, uses his legs, drops the barrel exactly where it needs to be. That thing was loud off the bat. I don't know what the exit V, though, on on that was but it's i'm guessing 108 plus so the big question here is has julio impressed you more in year two than he did when he wowed us as a rookie uh you can look at it a couple different ways you could look at it as his numbers are almost identical as mm-hmm. to what they were last year um so if you're looking at 2023 and comparing it to 2022 um 287 this year 284 last year 342 OBP this year, 345 OBP last year, 847 OPS uh, this year, 853 last year. So there, I mean, his numbers are like almost identical, which leads me to believe like this is who he is. Like you're going to get a guy that's you know mid eights OPS that with the potential to really bring it up. You know, once he he's 22 years old, Chris. But I think it does impress me because. And I did I did the same thing for Julio as it just did for Matt Olson on July twenty fourth. 
hitting 244, 311, 398. His OPS was at 709. That's not a superstar. Oh, that's a guy that can play defense and is like providing a little bit of spark offense. He can steal some bags. That's not a superstar. So, you know, you start to wonder what's going to happen with this guy. Is this who he is? Is this more in line with who he is? Because we don't have a big track record with Julio, right? Right. But then since that day, see Rosie, July 25th through September 11th, 40 games. 383, 415, 738 for the 1.1. He's at 16 homers, 46 RBIs in 40 games. So, you know, I always say, get to 162. Let me see what your numbers are then. Then we'll talk about what kind of season you had. You know, guys that are good players are going to get to their averages. They're going to be who they are. Julio is who he is, man. He's a superstar. So I think in that regard, I will say this year is more impressive because there's a little more pressure on him. He's got the big deal. He started out slowly and he figured it out. So I like it. I'm way more impressed with year two than year one because of exactly what you said. I remember what I said about his all-star game appearance. I said he doesn't belong there. So the only reason I said, if this game's not in Seattle, he is not an all-star. And I firmly believe that he was not good. The first half. In fact, that whole team offensively was just not good. They yeah, put the ball over were. the fence, but they had way too many guys that were striking out at an unbelievable pace. And I remember saying that if the Mariners, like the Mariners were just kind of hovering around 500, that's what they felt like for so long. I said, if they're going to do anything, he's got to be the MVP candidate that we think. And I think he probably put that on himself too. He's like, shit, I got to get going here. And you are right. He, uh, his second half has been unbelievable. So one daughter, 17 Homers in 50 games compared to just 13 in the first half. His batting average, once again, not a big deal, but it is 100 points higher in the second half. Something to be said there. And you just feel it. You feel. I was watching that at bat live last night, and I was like, this fucker's going to do it, isn't he? And sure enough, he did. Now, they ended up losing the game in extras. Um, But, yeah, I'm proud of him. I'm really proud of him at 22 to be able to – turn it on like that and not let the pressure get to him. And on top of everything else, is, he is one of those guys that is so likable. I think yeah. he is going to be one of those guys for decades where everybody is cheering for him unless he's playing your team on a given night. Well, he does everything well. I mean, the guy's a good-looking guy, great smile, like his fast, can play defense, can hit homers, can he can change the game in so many different ways. And he's got a great name, Julio! Yeah, but it's a little bit more than that. I know plenty of good what do you mean? assholes. I mean, well, yeah, he's he a good guy. He's, he's, yeah, he's no, just, he's yeah, 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 yeah. Since day one, since that butt white up the, up there in Seattle tried to say that he couldn't be the face of a franchise because he didn't speak English. Who said in his that? Language. You remember the guy who at, he was like speaking to the Poobah Club or something on Zoom? He talked about who, he said Julio Rodriguez couldn't be the face. I thought that was Stephen A. Smith saying that. Otani couldn't be the face of baseball. Oh, Stephen A. Said same, that same, too. same. It was a similar deal. I forget what that jerk off's name was. Uh, that was hilarious. Whole, yeah, I know. I know you're down. talking about. I for, I forget what his name is too. And good. I'm glad I forgot what his name is. He doesn't deserve me to remember his name. Yeah. So I mean, good for Julio, man. He's just awesome. He's fun to watch, and he is great for the game. Just a big fan. You know what I'm a fan of. Farmer's dog. That's right. Several months ago, our pooch, Sydney, 
who uh, we're going to celebrate our 10 year anniversary rescuing her at uh, during nice. the fall classic of 2023. We changed her food up to this. We tried it. And now every time we open the refrigerator for anything, for anything, she runs over to the fridge. She loves this food so much. She's like, is it time to eat? I'm like, no, we already fed you like 20 minutes ago. And she wants more already. The farmer's dog is the way to go, whether you've got a veteran dog like my Sydney or you got a brand new pup out there. It makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It is developed by vets. It is nutritionally balanced. It is made from real healthy ingredients to human food safety standards. It's a big deal because some of these places, other dog food companies, you don't want to know what they're doing in their kitchens. Uh, the farmer's dog also sends the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog. It's based on their unique nutritional needs. All you do is you go to their website, you fill out a little five-minute questionnaire about your dog. You say, how old's your dog? How much activity do they get? You know, how often do they eat? Do they like wet or dry? The whole bit, you're covering everything, and they're going to take care of you. It's that simple. Farmer's dog will love your pooch as much as you do. And once again, it doesn't matter the age of your dog or the health or anything else because they want to invest in your puppy's life. Today, get 50% off your first box of these fresh, healthy food, thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy, plus free shipping. That's a big deal because it's a nice, healthy size box. That is thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy, half off. I'm telling you, that box comes to our door and Sydney gets running up there. And the best thing about the farmer's dog, when you order it and you give that food to your doggy, your dog will go, row, 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 row. Yeah, he will. Was that, does that mean I love you? Yes, that's what that means. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Brewers fans are loving this. Brandon Woodruff tossed a shutout in a 12-0 win over Miami. Cubs came back in Colorado, so the Brewers remain three up in the division. Milwaukee, we know they got the big three out there. Is that enough to make a deep October run or not? Wow. Um, are you just talking about the pitching staff? Yeah. Or like the whole team. It, listen, they're going to go as far as those three take them, right? We can agree on that. Okay. We're talking about pitching. They have plenty of pitching because, you you, so, you know, you meant. Okay. Can that override the fact that this offense is shoddy at best? Yes, yes, because in in these short series, it's about moments. You know, it's about hitting with runners in scoring position. It's about, uh, you know, I think sometimes run prevention means a lot in the postseason and the Brewers. That's their that's the name of their game. They want to be run preventers. Now, does their offense have to go? Do they do we need some timely hitting out of them? Yes, but that's kind of what they count on. Like that's I think as like that's their mo as an organization. Let's get to the postseason. Let's have dominant run prevention, which means pitching and defense, and let's see if we can get some timely hits. And maybe we'll smoke a three-run homer every once in a while. So, like now, they're not—they're never going to overwhelm you offensively. But because they have those pitchers, and I'll add Wade Miley into that as their fourth guy in a seven-game set. And they have a great bullpen that they can rely on. I, I think that's plenty. They they're gonna have to really get timely, great hitting, to to move on throughout the playoffs, which you know isn't always going to happen. 
But if they get hot, you know, if one guy in that offense, like if a Yelich or Adamas really gets hot and comes up big in situations throughout the postseason, they can go as far as anybody in the playoffs. I, I truly believe that. I, I think I think their team, as long as they get those big hits, is is just as well equipped as anybody. I think they're going to have to go on a run, kind of like the 2005 White Sox did, who I believe threw four straight complete games in the ALCS. I, I, I believe that's the way it went. Wasn't it like Garland and Contreras and Del Duque on that team? I think. Maybe Burley. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Don Garland. That's a yeah. throwback for me. Um, okay. I want to say it was something like that. Freddie Garcia, I think, was on that team, too. Oh, my gosh. You were hitting all the notes today. I, I'm pretty sure that's that, that might be the group of guys. Anyway, the, I believe they had four straight complete games in the ALCS. Something crazy like that. That's the only way the Brewers do this, man. That's the only way is that they got to get such serious length. And that doesn't happen in these playoff games anymore, man. You think they have to have length? Like You, have, you think do. they have to go, like, why? I think their bullpen is... Good enough to cover innings. I think, I think if they get good. if they get six out of their starters, they have plenty of pen to get seven, eight, nine. Those last nine outs. You know how hard it is to win games two to one in the playoffs, man. It's hard those, with those at bats that grind you down. And if they if they knock your starter out, it means that you could use four guys out of the bullpen, and all those guys have to be on. You know, like just, not all of them. Not all of them. You know how that goes in the playoffs. You pare it down big time. Maybe. Maybe, I, but the, yeah, I, I the just Brewers think that offense, they're, dude, it, they have two everyday players whose war is above two, just two, Yelich and Contreras. They're the only team that currently holds a playoff spot with a sub seven hundred OPS. Some point, they're also second in the league in defensive run save. They have yep. these pitchers, so it's like you know that's the name of the game. But it's a thin needle you're trying to. Brand, sure, it, it? I agree. I, I agree on that one hundred percent. Yes, it's not the way I would approach it, but that's the way they approach it. Yeah, I just I don't feel great about it. I I want it to happen because I I dig their team. I always love their spirit. I'm a big Adamas guy, um, and I'd like to see them get going. But man, they they throw nine no hit innings and lose to the Yankees. That's, that's tough. tough. That's well, a tough one. Couldn't you see that happening in the playoffs too? Where they throw a gem and they lose. Yeah, like the yeah, your Guardians did it last year. Did you go like sixteen innings or something like that with like no runs? Oh yeah, well there were no runs in the yeah the uh, Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, no hit, but yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, right, it's hard to win. It is very hard to win. Hard to win. I agree. Uh, that of course that series win for Cleveland came against the Tampa Bay Rays. Speaking of the Rays, they uh, kicked off a big seven game road trip on the right foot, but on the wrong hand, uh, during their win in Minnesota, Jose Siri hit by pitch. He's got a broken bone in his hand. He's out several weeks. He's hopeful he can get back for the playoffs, but they're not sure at this point. I uh, remember the Rays already without 60% of their opening day rotation because of arm issues. Is this kind of the last blow that the Rays can take? The last one and still be successful? Or are you saying this has knocked them out? Because I think they still can be successful. I I think they can still be successful. Um, You know, Jose Siri offensively has been been pretty good. He's slugged. Mm -hmm. Uh, Defensively, that's kind of like where his real value lies, in my opinion. He's very good out there. Uh, But 
they have other guys that have played in center, you know, this year. They have and the guys that are that are raking, Josh Lowe, Luke Rayleigh, both have spent um, you know, not a lot of time out there, like nine games apiece, some something like that. So I think they have the pieces to 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 you know uh supplement in center field. I, I I don't think this is like the final blow for them. I, I I know they've been dealing with injuries all year, but they've been able to overcome them all year long. I mean, they're only what are they three games back of the best yes. record in the American League? Mm-hmm. You can't count this team out, man. Like they they just they're like a you know like when a lizard gets his tail cut off, it just grows a new tail. Yeah, it seems like the Rays are able to do that a lot, you know, and then and eventually it'll catch up to them if more and more people get hurt. There's only so many tails you could grow as a lizard. That's not true. I don't I actually don't know if that's true. Um, but so no, I, I I don't think this is knocking them out of any sort of World Series run or anything like that. In fact, I guess they said they're expecting him possibly back in three weeks. So I don't know what kind of fracture this was. That doesn't seem like it's a normal fracture, but um, yeah, I think I think it's a tough blow. Because you want that defensive uh, prowess out there in center field, but I, I wouldn't say this takes them out of uh, any sort of World Series run. No, I, I would agree with it. Um, one thing he also does is he's part of that spirit there. Yeah, and they will still they be there a though. lot of it. Yeah, they, yes, he will be. But you know, it's different when a guy's playing as opposed to not playing. Uh, they still have other guys that that can do it and they have fun out there. But Siri is one of those dudes that's just. I wonder. Um, He's probably one of those guys that is a great teammate, but when you go against him, you're like, ugh, fire. <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of those guys. Yeah, right. So I, I do agree. That I don't think that there's a franchise in this sport, certainly, that's better equipped to handle it. They're just like, okay. I mean, shit, do we, we don't even bring up Wander Franco's name. That's crazy, right. too. I mean, he was like having an incredible year. Right. And, and now he's gone. Gone from now, baseball. Right. And I didn't even ask it in the question. I didn't even bring it up until I just thought about it now. That's insane. He's still leading their team in war. Hmm? Siri does bring some pop, though. So they got it. He's second on the team in homers. I think he's got 25. He steals some bags. He's got a dozen swipes. So he does, he does provide some stuff. There's no question. It's more than just the glitz and glamour and swag and all that sort of stuff. He's he's turned into a solid ball player. Sure. No question. No question. Hopefully we'll see him back. All right, last thing. Uh Pete Crow Armstrong, congratulations. The Cubs number one prospect. He made his Cubs debut last night. Went out in Colorado. He pinch hit. He had a sack bunt. Played some defense. Of course his mom is the actress Ashley Crow. She was at the game. Loved seeing the embrace afterward. That is just gives me gooseies, man. I love seeing it. We're watching the video right now for those of you that are audio only. It's great. What a great, great, great moment. I always love it. Anyway, uh, Ashley Crow played the mom in the movie Little Big League. If you could have appeared in one baseball movie, what would it have been? First, I want to congratulate uh, PCA on getting there. You're well-deserved. He's actually in Colorado, so playing against Cole Tucker, their friends. That's fun. Um, cool. To answer your question. I feel like my little league experience was like a movie. Like the bad news bears. Oh. You know my dad? It's pool man. Grandpa. Buttermaker. Yeah. So like uh, you know a lot of that resonated with me in my childhood and those are just great movies. Now 
we didn't have any 12 year old smoking cigarettes on our team. And, <laughs> you know, we didn't have a girl on our team, although, you know, now my daughter plays, uh, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, that, that really always hit home with me because it's, they're in the Valley. Um, the, the coach is a pool man. Like it's, and my dad doesn't drink alcohol, so he's not like drinking beers in the dugout, but I always loved that movie. I really liked, um, I also try to name Teddy Kelly. I wanted Kelly my son Lee. to be named Kelly and Olivia shot it down. Um, I, my favorite bad news bears is when they go to the Astrodome. Let, Let them play, them play, Let them play. So I don't know. I, 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 I that's my favorite. Yeah, like a little baseball movie. You, you would have been good. You would have been a good Tanner Boyle. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I, I would have been Rudy Stein or Ogilvy. Yeah, Ogilvy. you Ogilvy. Would have been yeah, Ogilvy. Yeah. That would have been yeah. me. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, first of all, I was in Mister Three Thousand, so I do have a movie credit to my name I love for that. that. I love there you that. go. And I also believe I was in the movie Major League. I remember going to Old Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which sat 80,000 80, people. And they were said, hey, they're going to be taking overhead shots of the stadium today. So you might be in, you know, one of the overhead shots. And sure enough, I'm sure we were or weren't. But I wanted to be a real extra in that movie. The yeah. problem was they didn't shoot it in Cleveland. They shot it at County Stadium in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. So that was an issue. So if they had a do-over, I would like to have been like a real extra in that movie. That would have been fun. There's so many good baseball movies. Very good. Very, very good. All right. Uh, we are back at it again on Wednesday. Uh, if you're going to join us live on the AMP app, just download that app to your iPhone so you can be a part of the discussion. We had a hard-hitting yelling mm. back and forth before the show today, Floop and I. You can only get that if you join us live on the AMP app. You also get to ask us questions, talk to us about what we've said, yell at us if you want to. Just do the whole thing. Uh, Wednesday, we'll probably do that probably noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific if you want to join us. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, better known as Kelly Lee. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.